When will we know if we're playing basketball at MSUM this season? And how is all of this impacting our current Dragons and even how we recruit new Dragons? Hello, everyone, and welcome to the MSUM Dragons podcast, where we believe that the student-athlete experience here at MSUM is more than a game. I'm your host, John Webby Webking. And if you remember this fall, there was a whole lot of will we or won't we kind of conversations. So where are those same conversations at right now for getting started on a winter season? And what are we doing to prepare for any of the situations that could come out of those kind of decisions? And of course, how is all of this affecting our current and future dragons? I'm firing all of those questions at the always fired up AD Doug Peters right now. Doug Peters, welcome to the MSCM Dragons Podcast. That was an abbreviated pause. I'm fired up to be here. It is homecoming week on the Dragon campus, Dragons Rise, and it is fantastic. I'm going to tell you right now, I will be stunned if I do not win the chili contest. It was awesome out there on the campus mall yesterday. I had the Dragon family chili. We had over 300 people come through in, as part of the chili contest and taste all the seven different chilies. So it was awesome to be out there amongst our students and enjoying a beautiful fall day. Well, it's been a, long, a, a wonderful homecoming. I know we've had to have a lot of innovative moments, but it's nice to see things like the chili feed, which is a, a, an all-time staple of, of homecoming, uh, the Dean's chili feed and having people uh, still still continue to do some of those staples while we get innovative with virtual hypnotists and, and we, we, we live stream Dragons Got Talent on Monday so more people could participate with with limited attendance. I had viewing rooms set up and so you're seeing, you know, homecoming obviously not the same as it normally is, but innovation happening because of it and, and creating wonderful opportunities for students to to get involved and, and have a lot of fun um, over a, a, a always exciting week at MSUM. Yep, I'll give a hats off to Becky Boyle-Jones and the homecoming committee and just being able to create that safe environment because we're all looking for community right now. We're all looking for community in a safe way and, and the hard work that went into being able to pull that off. And that makes me want to ask, what are you going to be doing on Friday night, John Webking? Oh, well, I'm going to be probably running a camera on top of a trailer <laughs> shooting our coronation to uh, crown our royalty for uh, homecoming court. Uh, we're gonna broadcast that as well as burning of the M. Uh, so that's gonna be wonderful to, to participate in that and, and bring that celebration uh, to anybody and everybody who wants to watch. So that's what I'll be doing on Friday night. Um, and it'll yeah, be a lot of fun. You, and if you wanna watch it, folks, mnstate.edu slash homecoming, and then it has all the events and you can click on the links. I was actually at my daughter's soccer game on Monday night, and during halftime, I was watching Dragons Got Talent, so that, that was kind of fun. It's a fun way to connect with what's going on on campus and see what, what is actually happening. I hear that it will be a fantastic night, and homecoming royalty, just kind of fun, throw it out there. Jensen Bloom, who is a cross-country yep. and a track student athlete for us, is up as part of the homecoming court, and so we'll be pulling for her to see it see if she actually wins and I hope she does because she she's awesome so I know that people are excited to learn about what's going on in Dragon Athletics right now maybe not excited but but curious Webby so let me throw that ball back over to you and go okay what are you doing right now 
uh, to engage our, our fan base and our student athletes. I know we've talked a little bit about the app. What's going on in that space right now? Just so people are in the know and can keep up and be engaged. Yeah, a lot of our effort right now is um, the Dragon Way. It, it's a, a football show that that got a lot more fun in our last episode when we had Ambrose and Jiskra sharing stories that, I, I don't know, I think Coach asked me to stop recording a couple of times because they were so funny. Um, but th- that show has been a lot of work and a lot of fun. And then we, we broke it out, and, and tomorrow we'll post, uh, we did a special episode with Ambrose breaking down the Concordia St. Paul Miracle Catch, which was the podcast episode last week. Um, so you can add that visual element to that as well. Um, but using the app, we did a live trivia with it. Uh, so as you watch the show live on TV, you could do a, a, a trivia on the Dragons app. So you could earn bonus points for rewards. Uh, so that was kind of a, a unique integration. Uh, you know, last time you and I were here, we talked about the scratchers and those are going to continue, obviously. But including homecoming events in our app, because we are part of something bigger than ourselves, as we say. And it's not just, you know, being on the same team, it's, it's helping out where we're needed, you know, like Monday night, um, you know, even Tuesday, we were on campus helping out with the photo booth uh, for pictures. And so it's just making sure that Dragon Athletics, even without a homecoming football game is still a part of homecoming, that we're helping uh, students have a wonderful homecoming experience and bringing it to as many people as we possibly can by live streaming, which is something we're pretty good at, I'd like to think. And, uh, you know, just being active and continuing to stay busy with all of the pieces of content that we're creating and working on behind the scenes. Yeah, it has been a busy week. Many people are going, what are you guys doing over there? there, There's a little bit behind it of what our GO team is involved in. It's also exciting is right now, Webby, did you know that every single one of our teams is practicing? Yes, I did. I did. Yeah. it's kind of funny. So Webby wanted a practice schedule so his go team can be out <laughs> uh, creating content for it when we jump back into competition because people want to know what, hey, what's going on behind the scenes. So that's what we're going to focus on a little bit today is, is what is going on behind the scenes. And I know big questions that are out there, especially when we look at the environment of college athletics across the board. Hey, what's happening with winter sports? What's happening with fall sports? all of those sorts of things. I'll share with you, like I just did, all our teams are are currently in some level of practice. We created three phases. Uh, let me get my fingers up there so you can see them on the screen. Three phases uh, from a practice standpoint in trying to keep our student athletes uh, safe and health. So it makes sense. Our overall goal is to prepare to compete in the 2021 year. And that's the big thing we're trying to do. And we've got three minor pieces that fall under that from a strategy standpoint is we want to do it in a way that's healthy and safe for our student athletes and our staff. Uh, Secondly, we want to make sure that it's sustainable, that once we start it, we don't want to have to stop. We don't want to have disruptions. And so starting off slowly and building as we move forward. And third and equally important is providing is the best possible student athlete experience that we possibly can. And we're flexible and learning as we go along. And as we've created these three phases for our teams to move through from a practice place. So phase one is individual skill instruction. So small groups and really just working on individual skills across the different sports. Now it's it's a little different. So cross country, well, they're running. (laughs) Um, And so as you jump through the different sports, we recognize that cross country is a little bit different than basketball, which is a little bit different than swimming, which is a little bit different. 
uh, than wrestling. And so we've planned for those nuances, but starting off slowly with that skill instruction. And then phase two is moving into team activity without competition or without live play. So now you're out there with your full team, you can run plays, you can do, do a variety of things in that space while cross country is still continuing to run because that's <laughs> what they do. Yeah. I, I smile when I say that because I always see our cross country runners out there running. Uh, and I always ask them how far they're going to run. And they're like, oh, I'm only going to do seven miles today. And I'm like, oh, seven miles, that's like my best day. And it's their off day. It takes me a phase, week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then phase three is those team activities with live competition. Okay? And so starting to get to that place where as we move through the process and we're figuring things out and figuring out how to stay healthy, uh, moving into that next level, and obviously being prepared if, if for some reason a uh, positive test shows up or that we run into some quarantines with, with some different teams. Because I mean, we're, we're seeing it, we know it's gonna come. We know the disruption is gonna come. I think anybody that's a Vikings fan, if they're willing to claim that right now, um, is feeling that coming off this weekend, Webby. Yikes, shots <laughs> fired, Doug Peters. Well, well, <laughs> well you, you mentioned obviously COVID cases is an, is an obstacle. I mean, what, what obstacles stand in the way from where we are now and possibly getting to a game day scenario? Right, so th there's a couple different pieces that are out there. I think last time we, we spoke a little bit about some of the NCAA and some of their restrictions and testing availability is a challenge and things we're trying to work our way through. As we started this at the very beginning and we were planning, we were planning for something that no one has ever experienced. And now that we're in it, we've got a little bit more experience under our belt. We're having the conversations at the NSIC level. Is our practice start dates, our full practice start dates for winter sports, is that the right time? We've, we've looked at November 27th. That when we made that decision, it made a lot of sense. And as always, I think it's wise to revisit and reaffirm or change decisions that you've made. So we're the NSIC is being proactive in guiding us through that, that process. A big part of our winter sports is gonna be decided at the NCAA level. So there's a significant conversation and a big part of the governance structure where things move through as decisions are made at division two about championships and when are the championship dates right. at. So trying to figure out are, are, is the NCAA Division II gonna keep the same winter sport championship dates or because of the environment and the situation and the majority of Division II conferences not starting competition until January 1st, or does it make sense to push those dates back three or four weeks? The part where that starts to get a little bit more complicated for the average fan is each sport has a window called their championship segment of how many days they're allowed to have in their championship season. So that means from the first full day of practice until the, the championships are played. And the concern in some ways of starting too early and not knowing when the championship dates are gonna be is if we start too early and run out of dates. I mean, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, we're all trying to make it to the championships and you'd hate to run out of dates and not be eligible in that space. So we're expecting some decisions from the NCAA and that governance process about when the championship dates are gonna be at the end of October. And in the meantime, the NSIC is being proactive and coming up with different scenarios and different, different uh, prospective ways uh, to, to adjust to what might happen or what might not happen so that we are prepared to compete when that time does come. So, so I, go ahead. Uh, 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 uh. It's like we're talking over a virtual scenario. 
Um, so just to clarify, timeline maybe from the NCAA decisions, and I, I know we struggled with concrete decisions on this in the fall. Yep. You, you expect some decisions from the NCAA end of October-ish? I, I know I don't want to put the stamp no. of approval on it, oh. but... I'll put the stamp on it. The Board of Governors, which is the, the highest level decision making within the NCAA, represented by different schools, has a meeting on October 28th. And prior to that, there is a Division II, there's a President's Council meeting. And prior to that, there's a Management Council meeting where all of those decisions will flow through and recommendations will flow up that, that, that um, decision making tree. And so I expect that we'll know pretty. I'm pretty confident we'll know at the end of October. And one of the questions I get is, well, we can't wait till the end of October to plan. And, and that's where I feel really good. We're not waiting till the end of October to plan of what different scenarios might be. Uh, I got some great feedback from all of our coaches yesterday, uh, our winter sport coaches and our fall sport coaches, just about uh, what, what they would like to see as an ideal practice starting timeline, what suggestions they have as well as from our fall sports, what they might like to see in the spring. So all those conversations mm -hmm. are going uh, just like they are at all levels right now, Webby. And as we talk about preparing to play some of the winter sports, and obviously we, we didn't get a chance to play any of the fall sports, that's impacting a lot of student athletes' decisions on, on returning um, and recruiting. Um, right. So, so what, what things are, are you kind of hearing from coaches and athletes uh, for, for issues, um, you know, for some athletes in, in coming back in an unknown scenario and bringing in new recruits in a, in a crazy time in college athletics. Right. It is crazy. So if, if you think about it at, as a pipeline, uh, purely operational as a pipeline, you have student athletes coming into the pipeline and you have student athletes leaving the pipeline. And right now we aren't having the normal number of student athletes leaving the pipeline. And so that creates uh, some unique challenges and, and, and how, what's the best and what's the right thing to do. And as we navigate it, we've tried to give our, our senior student athletes an understanding of what's gonna happen in the future and be as clear as we possibly can, as, as well as leaving them space to make the best decision for them. So I know we've got some, some student athletes that are, are graduating and leaving us and other student athletes that are really considering, hey, do I, do I look at adding adding a minor? Do I look at going to grad school uh, and coming back and, and playing my last season? On the back side of it, uh, there are a bunch of different pressures on the recruiting side. All our programs are recruiting. Uh, all you have to do is go out there on social media and you'll see lots of different things. We're not allowed to comment on those things. But I think student athletes and their parents are, because they've got a little bit more free time, um, based on previously Minnesota not playing. And so they've taken a harder look than they normally would take at this time of year and are more, a little bit more ready to make decisions. And we've seen that uh, through the conversations that our coaches have been having with prospective student athletes, as well as conversations about making final decisions. So it's, it's, a, it's a balancing act of making sure that uh, you keep your, your, your pipeline, so to speak, uh, balanced and it doesn't get too heavy on one end and too light on the other end as we go through it. Yeah, and I, I'm sure that really fluctuates the scholarship side of things is, is you have people staying who are on scholarship and trying to bring new ones in. When right. Normally those, that those dollars would have been open to offer to other student athletes. So a, a lot of work is being done behind the scenes by you and, and Jason Soblick and Chad Markison to, to make sure that those numbers you know, match and we can, we can continue to, to make quality offers to bring in quality athletes. 
Yep, because I, I think that's one thing we're very proud about at this point is as, as we navigate through this, one of the major decisions we made was that we were going to honor all scholarships, whether a sport gets played or not. The student athletes made the, made the decision and the commitment to be a Dragon, and we want to make sure we follow through on that side as well. And that leads us into the Dragon Day of Giving, which we'll talk about in another time, Webby. Well, we, there's always opportunities to give to the Dragons if you really want. I mean, you don't have to wait for the day. You can just, you know, write the check and make it happen. Um, and it's a, obviously a wonderful process that we talk about um, with the student athlete experience um, and, and coaches getting innovative on their recruiting and obviously practicing now is being very creative on how to break down into the pods and groups. And some are more used to it with individual workouts, some are not. And, and so, you know, I know it's a new landscape for, for all of those kind of wonderful things. But um, when, when we talk about recruiting uh, real quick, you know, there were, there were some limitations on what coaches could and could not do. Um, you know, those are changing uh, a little bit. So what changes are happening with coaches so that they can get out and bring in the best and the brightest dragons for our future? Well, probably the biggest and most significant change was there was, uh, you, there was a period, and I'm going to screw it up, so i got to be kind of careful here, where our <laughs> coaches were not allowed to recruit off campus, and that, that got opened up. The floodgates opened up on that on, at, the, at the beginning of September. So now our coaches are out and able to watch games um, and, and go out and see student athletes that are their schools are competing, being able to play. I think that'll be really interesting, uh, especially for our our football and volleyball coaches. Now that the Minnesota High School League opened those seasons back up, and it, it's a big part of it. I think you and I both know, Webby, how much you you and I changed between our junior year and our senior year, and now having a chance to be able to showcase that. Yeah, just just a little bit, be able to showcase that in a game and in being able to see. Uh, have college coaches see you be able to compete and and perform. My daughter is a is a high school soccer player. She's a senior this year, and she's had the opportunity to compete. And knowing and seeing, uh, not watching my daughter, uh, but knowing and seeing uh, college coaches at at their games, evaluating the talent. You know that's a big thing for for the college programs, but it's also a huge thing for our high school seniors. So it's awesome to see that opportunity open back up versus some of the challenges that our spring sports ran, ran into last year of not being able to compete. And so how do you how do you navigate that recruiting process? And that's where video and unique things really started to happen in that space. And I think some of those things will stick around. But from a effectiveness, I think it is awesome, both for the student athlete and the coach to, to have actually be able to watch and play a game. Yeah, it's we talked to Coach Kopitz uh, earlier on a podcast and we compared, you know, what it was like to watch a game tape versus watching an athlete in person and just understanding how fast they really are in comparison to other players and understanding the speed and the skill and the the, the confidence in, in the leadership. And you don't hear all the things that they're saying on a soccer field um, is some of the things that she talked about when you're watching it from 300 feet away on a video camera. Uh, like like we do as fans so often. And so it's really important for coaches to get there, form relationships with athletes that they're going to enjoy, hopefully for the next four or five years. And hopefully we don't have to talk about six or seventh years again, <laughs> but uh, we're excited for, for those dragons who have stuck with us. Uh, definitely excited for the new dragons coming in and very fired up to get back to workouts and practices. Doug Peters, thank you for joining us on the MSU Dragons podcast, buddy.
Thank you, Doug, for giving us the inside look at what's happening in Dragon Athletics. If you like what you heard today on the MSUM Dragons podcast, please, please, please subscribe and share. I'll wait. Thank you. You're so nice. Couple updates before we let you go. Be sure to check out The Dragon Way, like we discussed on the show, on Tuesday, October 13th at 6.30 p.m. on WDAY Extra and the Dragons Digital Network for an inside look at the 2013 Battle Axe game against Bemidji State with our special guests, Lomumba Ishmael and Big Steve Schutz. Visit msumdragons.com slash thedragonway for all episodes and information there. And you can find all episodes of this show on msumdragons.com slash podcast. Thank you again for listening. Stay safe, wear a mask, and of course, go dragons! Go dragons!